Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Friday. Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO 106.3 on the FM dial. As we welcome you and talk local sports for the next couple of hours as best as we possibly can. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. Uh, here today in about 20 minutes, we will, about 2025, uh, Brian Walton from the Cardinal Nation. We'll catch up on the Redbirds, but um, as importantly, we'll take a look back at Albert Pujols, who was released yesterday by the Angels. Uh, take a look back at uh, what was the beginning of a Hall of Fame career in St. Louis, one of the... I mean, he's a, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't see anyone that uh, would deny that. You take a look at the statistics he put up, the home runs, 600 and change, RBIs, base hits. He checks every box. Uh, Albert Pujols, we will reminisce a little bit uh, with Brian Walton in about 25 minutes. And then Tom Cruschel, speaking of reminiscing, Tom Cruschel, former SID at Iowa State. He's given up that uh, title. Uh, and he's giving up everything at Iowa State as he's going to retire here. Uh, and um, as we said a couple of times throughout the past few days, just uh, what a role he played. Uh, and we're going to have him on and kind of go down memory lane with Tom Crochelle. He's seen a lot, seen a lot of coaches, seen a lot of teams. And we will um, pick his brain, go back a little bit in time with Tom Crochelle on Iowa State, about 10.40, 10.45. More Iowa State at 11.05 uh, with Dave Sproul. We will, as we tried to do yesterday, it's a difficult exercise, uh, come up with the starting five for Iowa State in basketball, football stuff, obviously, with Dave Sproul as well. From our sister station, her name's K-A-S-I, then Tom Kakert on the Hawks. Claxon's Barbecue Giveaway at uh, 1145 or thereabouts. We'll give four of you an opportunity. Four of you that haven't played or won within the last month, uh, you'll get a chance to win some outstanding BBQ from our friends in Altoona. Claxon's Barbecue, 25 years in business uh, in Altoona. Kind of a different night in sports last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny, we were talking before the show, we both did the same thing. We were both watching the Marquee Network. Yes, watching the Iowa Cubs. That's great. I think they're on tonight. I believe I saw that they're back-to-back nights, right? I heard Alex mention that himself. Alex Cohen, the... First I've ever heard of him. I mean, I've heard of him, but I've never heard him do a game. Uh, He was doing both the radio and the TV call, kind of a simulcast call, and... Um, it was fun. It was good to see our uh, our ballpark in downtown Des Moines, that shiny ballpark on national TV. So watch some of that. But Trent, where I, what I didn't know, and I had no idea that this was even going on, and I couldn't tell you teams I was watching, per se. I watched something called Spring Football on 219. And I, again, uh, a friend of ours actually sent me a DM and said, are you watching this? I didn't even know it was on. Uh, Spring Football League. So there's football on my TV last night. I was watching the exact same thing, and it was the line breakers, the line makers, the line... I don't know. The linemen. That's what it was. The linemen against somebody else. I can't the Aztecs? Is that what it was? I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. No. But it wasn't bad football. I thought it was better. Now, I didn't watch a lot. I it. watched the second quarter. That was it. I was watching the iCubs, and I was flipping back and forth. MLB Network had the Angels race game, and I got there for maybe eight minutes of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Probably three series ultimately. Mm-hmm. I thought it was better football than the XFL. I thought it was a higher level than what we saw the old AF 
The <laughs> right. What was that? American <laughs> football, Alliance of American yeah. Football, right? It was better, I thought, in the little bit that I saw uh-huh. than that, but absolutely no buildup, no right. buzz, no right. conversation. Right. Playing at Lucas Oil in downtown Indianapolis. So why? Is it just they don't have the backing? I don't, I don't It's well, on fo- a Fox property. Well, what I was told, and I guess I should have looked at this before I uttered what I'm about to say, mm-hmm. but I trust the guy that you know clued us in. Apparently, these guys play for room and board and food. Oh, wow. So they're that's truly it. playing for the love of the game, okay. if, that's, if that's the case. I mean, they must make something. You would think so. I mean, how much... It can't be. The television rights can't be. No. I can't imagine FS1 writing a major check for that. But, again, there was no baseball on with the exception of Tampa and the Angels, and that game didn't start till about quarter to nine. Um, Watch the, again, the iCubs and watch a little bit of football. Now, will I do it again when there's a, I don't know, it didn't didn't, uh, turn me off as far as watching that uh, mm-hmm. watching that brand of ball. Will I go out of my way to watch it? No, nah, probably not. But if there's nothing on, then there's happen to come across a game maybe. Eight teams, the Alphas, the Aviators, the Conquerors. Now, I think we watched the Alphas last night. They, they were playing the linemen. Okay, that's who it was. That's the North Division. They have two divisions. The South Division, the Blues, yeah. the Jousters, uh-huh. the Generals, and the Sea Lions. Well, what, I, what, what kind of um, struck my funny bone was the fact that one of the broadcasters referred to one of these teams as an expansion team. <laughs> so, wait a second. You mean that this isn't this has actually been taking place in previous years? <laughs> um, Last night know. was the linemen and the conquerors. That's what we were well, seeing. Well, I thought I saw an A on my screen. So well, that might have been earlier. So, I got to it late. This was So, there was two games. Yes. Six o'clock was the Aviators against the Alphas. That's what I saw. I saw the late game okay. with the linemen and the conquerors. Okay, so I didn't see. See, we that. got you covered. Both sides right. of the spring. Two eight four five nine six six. Line them up. Uh, anyways, do uh, a different night. May so, Sports Radio in Des Moines. Yeah. <laughs> um, Albert Pujols has played his. Has he played his last game in Major League Baseball? He says he wants to play. Now right. I think that's as much, you know, ego talking. The um, the conversation apparently was held on Wednesday night. They let him know that it was time. He's in the final year of his contract. Now, he's still got a contract, a personal services contract, with the owner, is it Moreno? Yeah. Artie Moreno of the Angels. So his 10-year playing contract ends this year. And in the years to come, and I remember looking it up a long time ago, I think he gets $100,000 for five years. Like the two hundred or the whatever amount of money he's made in his career is not enough that the Angels, how much has he made? He has made $344 million in his playing career. Once his playing career comes to an end, he's got a personal services contract with the Angels. I think it's like hundred grand a year to show up. To shake hands, maybe go to spring training. Yeah, that's what usually it is. That's a big part of it. You go to spring training, sign some autographs there, Mm -hmm. be a roving instructor, go around, help some guys out. Pretty good gig. I guess. Do that for a couple of months and certainly, I don't think most of the guys get the money that Pujols is going to get, but yeah, that's a big piece of it. How do you remember him? How will you remember him? I mean, he's obviously the Cardinal. Yeah. You know, the the whole machine moniker Uh and just how locked in he was Uh for that seven, eight-year stretch. That's how I'll remember. I I won't remember much of anything outside of him taking the money and going to the Angels. Mm -hmm. But what's a memorable moment? 
There's just not a whole lot of them. Right? Uh, well, he won a bunch of MVPs, won some gold gloves, hit a lot of home runs. But that was in St. Louis. Right. As, as an angel, yeah, fair point. Fair point. I think it's all about what he did mm-hmm. with the Cardinals and then took the money and... Two World Series with the Redbirds. Yeah, living basically obscurity in L.A., kind of mm-hmm. doing his thing, hitting the ball and collecting paychecks. Right. Not a whole lot of winning that went along with it. Yeah, on, on Los Angeles' second most important baseball team. Right. Right? Yeah. Second most popular. And, and that was part of the reason... And maybe not even second most. I mean, you think there might be more well, Giants good, fans uh, than, fair point. than Angels fans there? <laughs> It wouldn't shock me yeah, either if that point. was actually the case. But regardless of that, that's how I'll remember him just as a Cardinal. Mm-hmm. That's will be my memories. And as enjoyable of a guy to watch, just his understand his command when he was at his best Ugh. of the game. Now, there's the other questions. How old was he really? Yeah. That That is something that has been mm-hmm. with him for a long it time. Has. And if he is 43 as opposed to 41... Mm-hmm. You can see right, the, the downward decline. trend. Yeah. The, and the client, I mean, it's been noticeable. Right. It's, here's his home runs over the years. I don't want to go all through and play too many <laughs> years. But, man, he hit a pile of home runs. How many did he hit with the – he hit uh, 445 of them with St. Louis in 11 years and followed that up with 222 as an angel in 10 years. So the decline is, is pretty apparent mm-hmm. uh, in that respect. And he was able to play the designated hitter a bunch of times uh, in the in the American League. Instead of having to sit out there at first base where he was good. He came up as a third baseman. Do you remember that? I do, yeah. Very early, and he uh-huh. got off to a very slow start early in his career. I think one for his first nine. But then just yeah, took Trent, off. I remember, uh, so it was Dyer and Rick Silvestrini and I at the Jock in 2001. And I actually got to spend two, two, ten days covering the Cardinals in spring training. Just me. Oh, wow. Dyer and Silvestrini were here. And we were carrying the Cardinals, and I, I was sent down there. Pretty good gig, right? Sponsor, yeah. etc. So Jupiter Flora for ten days, okay. Um, and so I would, you know, do the show every morning and whatever. Every single day, seemingly. When what, what was your big takeaway from? The best guy on the field is not going to make the team. The best guy on the field is not supposed to be going north with the team. He's going back to where were they? Peoria at the time. Because do you remember who was blocking him? At first base, we're talking early 2001. And the only reason that he got sent north with the team was because this guy was injured. Do you remember who it was? McGuire? Nope. McGuire wasn't there yet. Jack Clark? Jack Clark's a good one. (laughs) Uh, A little bit before that. Jim Edwins is an outfielder. J.D. Drew, he was still an outfielder at that point. This was early. Who was it? Now I gotta make sure if I mean, you know what I now you got me thinking of Okay. I, I thought it was Bonilla. All right, let's bring up two thousand one. He was blocked by Cardinals. someone who was going to make the team. So uh the team batting order. This is now McGuire was with the team but only played ninety seven games. Is that when they got him maybe? Must have been that year. Uh looking deeper on the Mark bench. McGuire, yeah. There no, it Mark- is. Bobby Bonilla. There you go. It was Bonilla. 93 games he played that mm-hmm. year, and he and was he, struggling. And he didn't break camp with them. He was injured. 213 is what Bonilla batted that season. Oh, these are fun to look at, these yeah. old teams. Here, here it is. Mike Matheny behind the dish. Jeez. McGuire and Bonilla, your first baseman. Mm-hmm. Fernando Vina. Remember wow. him? Yes, I do. Brewer for a long time also. Mm-hmm. Renteria. Wasn't Daryl Kyle, the late Daryl Kyle on that team? Yeah, I think, yes, I'm he was. I'm sure yep. he was. He was 32. Renteria, Placido Polanco mm. at third base. And your outfield, this is a fun one. Ray Lankford in left, Jim Edmonds in center, yeah. and J.D. Drew in right. That's not a bad outfield. 
Your uh, rotation, Matt Morris at the top, followed by Daryl Kyle, Tustin Hermanson, Andy Bennis, Woody Williams. Oh, man, this is great. Bud Smith, Rick Ankeel, he was along for the ride. Yeah. And then you get into the bullpen. Dustin Hermanson, what's his claim to fame? Did, did, did Dust, was he an expo? Why do I remember Dustin Hermanson? He was an expo, absolutely. He was an expo, and that would be his claim to fame, I guess, in your world. Yeah, I, I don't see a whole lot else. Right. There for four years. Mm-hmm. I won double-digit games three different times yeah. with the Expos. I guess that's how I remember. Those old names. Yeah. So so anyways, back to Paul Holson <laughs> and back to what's next for him. I, I guess he, he was offered an opportunity to stay and uh, in and, and limited, uh, uh, limited at-bats. They've got a kid. Uh, Jared Walsh, who yeah. was was blocked. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's their first baseman going forward. He had that big game on Sunday Night Baseball against the White Sox, ah, right? Yes, yeah. yes, he did. That was yes. kind of my first indoctrination right. to him. Right. I'd seen the numbers following mm-hmm. fantasy baseball, but I'd never seen him play. Mm-hmm. They, they want him in the lineup. They yeah. don't want Pujols in the lineup. Will he be remembered as a guy that? I mean, stay too long. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, do, do you want to, this? This is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. This is one of the great, greats to play the game, and he was asked to leave. Well, it'll be remembered like Willie Mays with the Mets. Yeah, that kind of conversation that seemingly always mm-hmm. comes up. Guys mm-hmm. staying on too long. Right. Now it wasn't one final team. It wasn't O.J. Simpson with the Forty ers It wasn't something like that. Tony Dorsett, a Bronco. Right. Going at the end somewhere else. But these last few years, he has dropped precipitously uh-huh. and because of that i'm sure that's always going to be a part of the conversation and maybe boy signing those nine ten year deals for guys that are already in their 30s well the cardinals dodged a bullet i mean as did. bad as they wanted to keep them when that's... when moreno threw 10 years and 240 or whatever it was million dollars at him i mean you can't match that knowing that he was going to be at best 41 <laughs> maybe 43 uh-huh. because that's all that that has um as you said, it's followed him mm-hmm. through his entire career, uh, and what a career that it was. So, if you're Albert Pujols, and you want the storybook ending, and you know that it's not good, you're not you're not going to play. Do you did you wait till the All Star break, and then does does Major League Baseball give you an opportunity to be? Do they add one more to the roster for a Hall of Famer who's going to walk away from the game, and he shows up at the All Star game, he does this, maybe gets an at bat. Give him a bat. The give fifth him inning. a bat. Give that. Where is it now? It's, it's uh, Colorado. Was is it? But, oh yeah, they moved it. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, it's Colorado, right? Yes. So does he get to Colorado and you get the farewell in front of the fans and that's because if he tries to catch on with another team and they cut him again, yeah. You know, if you go to another team and it's just not working out, you know, you mentioned yesterday Herrera or how do you say his name? First baseman for the Brewers. Oh, Herrera. Yeah. Who's down the, yeah, who's down in the minor leagues right now. Mm-hmm. And their their first baseman is Dan Vogelbach. Yeah. Remember, he was here. He oh, was literally here in he, Des Moines. He was. Uh, and then to, to Seattle. Um, and I don't think he's worth a crap. I don't think Pujols is that, is that good anymore. I'm just trying to figure out. I know that they're right uh, instantly. Wow, let's get back with Tony La Russa, Put the band back oh, together yeah. one more time. Where are you playing him? That's just it. He's not taking a break of spot. No, he's not taking at first base. And then no. you look at what they have, the DH right now. Eh, don't, don't think so with Mercedes doing his thing. So we're likely he's going to end up it'd be a Baltimore, a Detroit, yeah. a bad team. Just walk away. Yeah. You don't want to be cut twice. You're going, your, your next stop baseball-wise is Cooperstown. 
you know, once that once the once the clock expires on your wait for eligibility, you're you're first ballot Hall of Famer. Right. Trent, and then this guy, look, nobody gets 100% of the vote, right, for whatever reason. <laughs> Find a knock on Albert Pujols, his career. You can't. Statistically, you, really can. you cannot. Were, were there ever rumblings? Yes. About, yeah. Yes. About that side. Mm-hmm. He, he but there wasn't show- everybody at that era. Right. And he didn't show up in the Mitchell Report. I don't think so, no. I don't remember that. He didn't show up in some yeah. of the other... But there were clearly rumors about yes. him. Well, because, a guy that size... Well, and, the, and, was, and with that production at that time. Mm-hmm. Here's his home runs at the, when, he, when he started, okay? His rookie year, and you're right, Trent, he struggled. But he has, he, his, he fi- his uh, final numbers, 37 and a buck 30. Followed that up with 34 home runs. 43, 46, 41, 49. So, yes... When the steroid era, um, and that, at that time it was starting to come to an end, if it really has come to an end. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Sosa McGuire, the Andro, et cetera, that thing with uh, those stories had already come and gone. Um, but it was never proven. It, never, it, was, it was never hung on that I can recall. The age thing, steroid thing, two rumors about him. But he's going in the Hall of Fame, and he's going in instantly. The thing that is crazy to look at it is you look at those numbers with the Cardinals and what he was putting up, and the batting averages with mm-hmm. it, 357. The OPS, over 1,000. What is it? Eight different years. Wow. He had an OPS over 1,000. And then at the end. You know, by the way, McGuire was there. 98 was so sad. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was looking at the last five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, is the, this isn't just the last year. But batting average, 241, 245, 244, 224, and 198 this year. Mm. OPS, eight times, over 1,000 in his career. Mm-hmm. 672, 700, 734, 665 in this year. 622, that's yeah. that's a slap hitter. That's father time. That's that's a second baseman that mm-hmm. is a defensive specialist right. that hits that. Yeah. And Albert Pujols is doing that at the end of his career. Right. You're right. What's the adage? Father time. Catches everybody but Brady. Well, that dude's a witch. This is a witch. And Albert Pujols certainly was as a Cardinal, and good for him. And I, and I hope it's over. I don't want to see him sign, to, you know, sign on for another team. and Go to the Mariners. Yeah, go to the Mariners, and September call-ups come around, and he's released. Right. You know, unceremoniously is that. Too bad he wouldn't have stayed. Got his curtain call at the All-Star game. After that, he hangs it up, does what he does, and off he goes. And next time we see him is his acceptance speech in Cooperstown. Um, because that's he's a no doubt about it. Final numbers, what would they be? Uh, to, to, uh, 2,886 games, how many hits? 3,253, 669 doubles, uh, 2,112 RBIs, 667 home runs, uh, batting average, career batting average. Boy, it's too bad he stunk the last few years. 298. Ah, just missed on Just that missed one. the three hundo. And it's been his last few years that have uh, prevented him from being from being because he was with when he left the Cardinals he was hitting three twenty eight after eleven years in the league over a hundred steals in his career did from, he have yeah. that many now one hundred fifteen I wouldn't have thought that three different years he had double digit steals uh huh how many MVPs two three four no not that many three three oh five mm-hmm. oh eight no nine Finished second, double digit, three times, double digit All Star games. I oh, mean, yeah. when he was with the Cardinals, right? For sure, was he an All Star? I wonder with the Angels. He made, made it once. Made it in two thousand. What did that be? Two thousand fifteen. Uh. Oh yeah, two thousand fifteen. The only year 
Hell of a player. Yeah, one all-star. Hell of a player. All right, more on Albert Pujols and the division overall. We'll, we'll do the uh, reminiscing with uh, Brian Walton from the thecardinalnation.com. We'll catch up on the Redbirds as they begin play. Boy, the Brewers, the Phillies. Uh, did everybody else in that division a big, big favor as they swept the Brew Crew this past weekend. We will begin play with the St. Louis Cardinals in first place going into the weekend. How about that? Cardinals in first, and you know who's in first in the American League Central now? It's not the Royals it's not anymore. the Royals because they got swept by the... Is it the Indians because they it swept is. them? Yeah. Cleveland in And that was first a four-game set, too, was yeah. it not? They're, uh, they don't have a ton of offense, but they have enough. With that pitching... Man, they got a chance. Did, mm-hmm. I was down on Cleveland. Yeah, you were too. down on Cleveland. Me too. Well, I thought the Twins would run away with it. Jeez, they stink. Trent, it's becoming comical. Their extra innings, lack of production. They can't find a hit. What they, are they now? Are they 0-8 or 0-9 in extra innings? Or 0-7? It's, uh, it's, it's crazy. I know the number is of games that are either 7-inning games because of doubleheader or extra inning games. I think it's 0-11 now. Jesus. Yeah. that That's starting to... Get close to their playoff ineptitude. Getting there. Jeez. What a fun team to root for. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Uh, time for a keyword. Brian Walton coming up for your Cyclone fan. Tom Crescell will go down memory lane with his career. Boy, he's seen a ton. Seen a lot of bad times. Seen some really good times as of late as well. Uh, and 2001 was a pretty magical year for Iowa State, both basketball and uh, McCarney turning the football a program around. We will do that with Tom Kershaw, who's retiring at Iowa State. But right now, it's time to hit another $1,000 home run. Hammered. Deep left field. The park is not big enough to hold it. Franmil Reyes has gone yard. His eighth home run of the year. The Indians extend their lead to 4 to nothing. That's that what it is ended. a big man, Trent. Yes, he is. He was part of the Kluber deal, I believe. Was he? He. Uh, I wondered how they got him. Because he came from the Padres. Padres, yeah. yeah. And, and that was a three-teamer right then. Uh-huh. That bounced around. He's talented. Oh. And uh, he's got some pop in that bat. He hit some monstrous, and I didn't see, not in this series, but who did they play before? Was it the Twins? Oh, uh, they that was last week. Okay, must have the been the twins yet. that I saw. It was in Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he needs some big home runs in that. Boy's a big dude. Yes. Uh, anyways, enter the keyword. Go to KXNO.com. Enter the keyword deposit, KXNO.com. That'll give you a chance to deposit $1,000 in your bank account. That's deposit at KXNO.com. Brian Walton next. Memory lane with him. Tom Crescell likewise at 1040-ish. Dave Sproul on Iowa State, uh, Tom Kickard on the Hawks, Claxon's Barbecue Giveaways. We take you until noon on 1460 KXNO. And what details. on the FM dial. Tom Kershell coming up in about 15 minutes. We'll go down memory lane as he says gets set to head into retirement at Iowa State. Right now, our friend Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com. Those Cardinals are in first place as we begin uh, the weekend play here. We will get to them in a second, but let's reminisce a little bit about a former Cardinal, a guy who will walk away from the game, and once the eligibility clock gets to that point, he'll head right into Cooperstown. Uh, Brian Walton joins us. Brian Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. Uh, Albert Pujols, and we talked about it at the 
time, although it seemed, you know, it was a tough pill for the Cardinals to swallow, Brian, as we think back all those many years ago. It was the right thing. The 10 years was just, uh, you know, it was too many years uh, for a guy that was going to be in his 40s. His, um, you know, skills are going to decline, and here we are. But uh, that aside, what a terrific career as a St. Louis Cardinal. First thing, Brian, how will you remember Albert Pujols' career? Well, two world championships, obviously. I mean, he was, and he was the best player in the game for those 11 years, 2001 to 2011, when he was with the Cardinals. He would have won more MVP awards had it not been for Mr. Bonds in his uh, very large head out in San Francisco. <laughs> right. uh, you know, just a tremendous player. And, you know, the Cardinals offered him originally five years. And if you look back at Poole's contract, the first five years were good. Then the last five years since 2017, Albert Pujols has been a below-average major league player, fairly far below average in terms of his productivity. And the Cardinals initially then, as I said, with that five-year offer, they upped it to 10 years and 210 with deferred money. But that was still you know, $30 million short of what the Angels offered, along with that personal services contract, which is kind of an interesting twist because the Angels have basically said, we no longer want you in our employ, but yet he's contractually obligated to the team for 10 years after he retires at the rate of $1 million per year. Oh, I told Trent it was a hundred thousand, so it's a million. Wow, Jeez. it's a million per year, ten, wow. 10 million that he's still on the hook for after he, Jeez. and that's above the two forty that he got as a player. Right, right. Good gig, good gig, no doubt about it. So, looking back at that time, and I remember hearing the hurt feelings of Cardinal fans, their guy leaving, but it felt like in kind of the old adage, Cardinals the smartest fans in baseball. They understood it. They understood that they couldn't do it. How big of a bullet do you think that they dodged, though? If he would have agreed to, say, a seven, eight-year deal. We know the skills would have declined, but taking away the payroll flexibility that they had, do you think it was a huge miss-dodge bullet here for the Cardinals organization that ultimately that Angels offer came? I can't, I can't express how big of a bullet they <laughs> dodged because one of the things that fans, a lot of fans don't recognize is that Albert Pujols had foot problems when he was with St. Louis, mm-hmm. plantar fasciitis, a very, very painful malady that he struggled with over the years. And the key advantage that he had with the Angels was that he could play designated hitter for them. And if you look at his record with the Angels for the last nine-plus years, he's played more games at designated hitter than he has anywhere else. And that was not an option that was available to him in the National League. So with the Cardinals, he would have been the world's most expensive pinch hitter for mm-hmm. some part of those uh, nine-plus years that he's been with the Angels. And the Cardinals then used the, the uh, compensatory picks to pick up Michael Walker, and I forget who the other player was they got, but maybe Piscotty. They got a couple of you know decent major leaguers out of the compensation that they got for letting him walk. So, you know, I don't think there's any and, – and, you know, great. It would have been great for Albert to play his whole career with St. Louis and be right up there with Stan Musial and mm-hmm. Gibson, you know, the other greats that were career Cardinals. But he made the decision to chase the money, and, you know, God bless him. Three hundred and forty-four million of it, plus that personal services contract, uh, still to come. Brian Walton, the CardinalNation.com is our guest. Brian, uh, as I uh, earlier before we we uh, we uh, you came on, we talked about you know the two thousand one. Um, were you there at spring training in Jupiter? I got to spend ten days in in the month of March covering spring training for the Cardinals as we were a Cardinal affiliate at the radio station that's no longer um, you know on the air here in Des Moines. Uh, but I spent ten days, and the ten days that you know when I would join our show. Every day it was, I can't believe what I'm watching in this kid, and this kid's going to, he's not going to break camp with him because Bonilla is blocking him. Were you there that year? And, I mean, he was just spectacular. You could just tell that this guy, they're making a mistake by not bringing him up right away. Do you remember that? 
Absolutely. And it was, what was amazing to me was the year before he was playing, he was a, he was a low class A player. I mean, he was just getting his feet wet in full season ball and he had moved up so quickly, finished the end of the prior season at triple A and helped that team in the playoffs. And, you know, you could see that he was something special, but again, he's what, 21 years old and it wouldn't have been the end of the world if he hadn't made the team at that point, because it was clear that, you know, he, his time was coming very, very soon. And fortunately, as it turned out, it enabled him to start the season with them. And he got off, you know, in a hurry. And, and the rest was really history. You know, he initially played some third base, you know, played yeah. a little bit of, of outfield until he finally settled in at first. Uh, we'll get to the here and now with the first place uh, squad in a second. The the age thing has always followed him, Brian. The fact that, you know, the, the rumor out there that he's older than uh, his baseball card says yes. he is. Not not significantly by a couple of years. Was there, any, was there anyone that ever proved? that or was that just for whatever reason a a rumor that got out there that gained a, a life of its own there was never any proof and i guarantee you ken if there was anybody who could have found it they would have found it right. there was lots of digging and you know the challenge is that that uh you know young that babies born in the dominican republic didn't have good documentation and right. yeah there were rumors that maybe he had assumed the uh, identity of a of family member, close family member, and there was no way to prove it. There was no way to disprove it. But you look at how he aged. It was clear, you know, at age 30 when he left the Cardinals, he started his 30, age 31, you know, season, 30, age 32 season, excuse me, with the Angels. You know, his skills had already started to decline slightly. And, you know, you would think a guy in, you know, at the peak of his career, you know, he might have gone another couple of years before you started to see that drop off. But, you know, again, I, I don't want to disparage Pulis any way because of the greatness he had, but mm-hmm. again, the Cardinals, you know, dodged a tremendous bullet. Yeah, Albert, you know, got his 500 home run and his 600 home run, 3,000 hit, all that as a member of the Angels, and it's too bad. But in terms of, you know, hampering the Cardinals' ability to compete, uh, you know, he his contract would have been a problem. Now, you want to take the other side of the coin? How many World Series have the Cardinals won since Albert left? Mm. The answer is zero, mm-hmm. but they played dozens and dozens of playoff games and of course the angels even with the best player in the prior generation albert and the best player in the current generation mike trout they can't they made the playoffs like once in his whole time there so i saw yadier molina he wants a reunion here i I think does he yeah i think we all know that that's not going to happen of course yeah they're great friends yeah huge friends so Yadi's on the IL right now. He's working his way back. This team is in first place. Milwaukee's ineptitude uh, here the last couple of days certainly helped out on that. Get the first two games against the Mets, then drop the final two. Gant had some control problems. Just overall, just kind of a snapshot here on May uh, May seventh. What do you think of this team? Well, the Cardinals' starting rotation was a concern the first couple weeks of the season. They weren't pitching in a deep in the game, deeply in the games. They were not pitching well. Uh, that put a lot of stress on the bullpen, and that's why the Cardinals didn't get out of the gates particularly smartly. But what's happened since then is the starters have kind of got their act together, but now the bullpen's exposed. And you know, anybody who watched the game yesterday saw you know 10 walks by the Cardinals. They basically handed the Mets the game for the first three runs scored on bases loaded walks. And the walk rate of the relievers, there's only two relievers in the entire bullpen with a walk rate under 10%. So the Cardinals have just got to figure out how to get their relievers to throw strikes because, you know, they've already lost uh, Jordan Hicks, who was, uh, you mm-hmm. know, coming back. Maybe he's only going to be out a month. Maybe he's going to be out longer. We don't know. Alex Reyes is pitching well. But, you know, beyond that, you know, you never know what's going to happen when these guys come in the game. And they've got to, they've got to right that problem. Hmm. Brian, we'll let you go on this. Has Albert Pujols played his last game in the majors? I don't think so. He says he wants to play again. I think some team in the American League will want him as a nothing else as a designated hitter and as a draw. 
And, you know, if Albert is sincere about playing, as soon as he clears the, the uh, seven days that for designated for assignment, any other team can, can sign him for the rest of the season for a, a prorated minimum MLB salary. So it'd be like maybe 400,000, something like that. Yeah, I think some would pick him up and want to play. Now, at some point at the end of this season, beginning of next year, might he sign a one day contract with the Cardinals and require, you know, retire with St. Louis? Yeah, I think that could happen. But those folks who are living in the past back in 2011 and want Albert Pujols to join the Cardinals right now, it just doesn't make sense for so many reasons, starting with Matt Carpenter. Indeed. Yeah, good point. <laughs> really good point. Brian Walton, the CardinalNation.com. Brian, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Uh, thanks for doing this this morning, Brian. You got it. Good to talk to you. Brian Walton, the Cardinal Nation. Dot com. We will take a time out. Uh, Tom Crushell joins us next. We'll reminisce about uh, some of the um, games, players, coaches that uh, he saw in his years, decades, as the SID at Iowa State. Tom Crushell next. Miller and Condon till noon. 1460 KXNO. What? And welcome back, 1460 KX and 0106.3 on the FM dial, 11 o'clock hour. Dave Sproul from KASI leads it off. Tom Cakert on the Hawksons, Claxons Barbecue to give away to four of our listeners who haven't played or won within the last 30 days. We'll uh, give you that opportunity at about 11.45 or thereabouts. Right now, as promised, let's reminisce a little bit more, shall we? Tom Crochelle retiring at Iowa State, longtime sports information director, uh, certainly very helpful to us in sport radio in Des Moines infancy. And Tom joins us. Tom, uh, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, good to see you. Good to, uh, good to talk to you. Uh, how are you, Tom Crochelle? Uh, fine. Still very busy. We've got, uh, we're a week out from Big 12 Outdoor Track and Field Championships. We have a very good team uh, with a shot to win that and then uh, go on to even bigger things in the NCAA Championship. So, uh, busy. Good. That's the way you want to get to the end of it, right? Um, you know, yeah. it's it's so many memories, Tom, and I, I want to you know talk about some of the some of the stuff that some of the games, some of the players, some of the uh, some of the jubilation, some of the disappointment, etc. Um, you know, it was two thousand the year two thousand? Obviously, the run to the Elite Eight, McCarney doing what he did, the football team, the first bull win, uh, capping a what was it a nine and three season? I want to say, was that maybe was that the beginning, Tom, of of um, of the turnaround at Iowa State in both both programs? I know they didn't stay there, and they you know had some peaks and valleys uh, to where they're at now, but but seemingly two thousand might have been as good as it was for a while. Certainly, uh, you could say that overall for the calendar year, fall and spring. You know, uh, men's basketball, the program with uh, Johnny Orr, uh, mm-hmm. when I came, my first year at Iowa State was 85-86. And Coach Orr's team was on its uh, highest point so far. Uh, every game was sold out that year, 14,000 and then Tim Floyd, um, really, in back-to-back seasons, 95, 90, well, 94, 95 with uh, uh, Fred Hoiberg and his friends. And then the next year, really one of the most amazing things I ever saw was Tim Floyd 
putting together a team out of nowhere after losing uh, most of its uh, scoring punch and making it to the NCAA tournament again. So, you know, basketball, certainly uh, we had had, you know, some success. No doubt football, nothing since 1978. And to, uh, you know, you you got to remember, uh, there was a stretch in there where Iowa State lost uh, 33 straight road games. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I was I was at all of them. But on September 12th, 1998, a 28-point underdog mm-hmm. Iowa State team went into Kinnick Stadium. Yep. And uh, Darren Davis ran wild. And uh, Reggie Hayward and the Cyclone defense uh, put on uh, an exhibition. And uh, I think that moment was probably uh, the turning point. Mm -hmm. Uh, From there on, we had fewer doubters, I think, in what Coach McCartney was doing. Um, And then certainly uh, the 2000, the March of 2000, with uh, Marcus Pfizer and Jamal Kinsley, you know, when things get that exciting, you're just living in the moment. And uh, with uh, Larry Eustachy and uh, the team, you know, beating UCLA in the Sweet 16 up in uh, Auburn Hills decisively, just putting the ball on the floor and letting Tinsley, Pfizer uh, do what they do, did what they did, and Really, it was uh, a walk. And I remember Mark Hansen in the register sure. the day after that game saying, you want to know something? I've been watching this team for a while. That was no surprise. What they did to UCLA doesn't surprise me a bit. So certainly, uh, in the eyes of a lot of people, that was uh, uh, certainly something that is going to further the legacy as time goes on. Tom, you had a great seat for so many of these great cyclone moments over the the past uh, almost 40 years. And as you reflect upon it, your job as a sports information director for many of those years. And, yeah, Ken, early infancy of sports radio here in town, he'd give you a call and he'd get a player, a coach on, something like that. But I want to go to the national side of things. Did you ever have any guys where the coaching staff would say, hey, we want to talk to player X, and you say, you know what, we're not going to do that because maybe they'd – run their mouth a little too much. That guy that was a little loose with the language at times and would do a little too much, did, did those guys ever make their way through that you said, hey, we'd love to give them to you, Fox or ESPN, but coach says no? You know, I really didn't have that experience. Um, again, we were uh, somewhat, <clears throat> you know, we were going to be uh, extremely accommodating yes, you were. for national media. Um, because, you know, we're in a smaller uh, media market. But I never really had to worry about that. Now, we talked to, I talked to every player before they did uh, interviews, and I consider that part of my job and just looking out for them. Here's what I think they will ask you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just doing, doing your job. And I think because we've had that uh, addressed beforehand, um, there wasn't a need that I remember uh, for anyone uh, in, in a national setting. I do remember uh, 
in 2002, uh, we beat Nebraska in football. It was a big game. Seneca Wallace was, uh, you know, the whole Heisman thing was running, and he was doing very well. And uh, we beat uh, Nebraska. So then ESPN wanted to interview uh, Coach McCarney after the game. And so I, you know, I went there, talked to him. He said, well, you're going to have to do it at my house. And because he's having a big, uh, Mac always had these uh, Saturday night parties after <laughs> home games because he was one of the most inclusive, like Johnny Orr, an inclusive individual that tried to draw everyone into uh, the program. Well, his house was out in this uh, development uh, area kind of out in the country and we got a semi truck and I'm like okay now I'm going to leave this semi truck well the traffic was terrible and we end up uh, uh, on this kind of country road up in Story County trying to work our way there and I was uh, scared to death that we weren't going to make it well then we get there well there's a million cars parked around his house because it's a big party going and we got a semi. And I'm like, well, we got to do this. <laughs> I, you know, I don't care who gets blocked in. We're doing this. And uh, we got Coach or, or Coach uh, Mack in. He, he sat down and uh, did it. And uh, afterwards, I said, well, that was really good, Coach. He goes, yeah, what did I say? <laughs> nice. Tom Grishel, uh joining us uh, from, from Iowa State. What was the um, the, the, the biggest win in, in, in either sport uh, during, during your tenure? Probably hard to say, right, to pick one, either football or basketball. Uh, I mean, the Oklahoma State on that Friday night when Oklahoma State arrived with, uh, with, with all that opportunity only to have their bubble burst. Uh, Jeff Woody gets in it. What, what would have been the biggest win that you experienced? Well, I can just talking about that uh, win in 2000, uh, over, 2011 over uh, Oklahoma State. That was a really bizarre day. Because if you remember, Oklahoma State's uh, basketball coach and an assistant had been killed the previous day in a private plane crash. Yes. And so when the morning began that day, number one, from about eight to nine, we didn't actually know we were going to play the game necessarily Mm -hmm. because the ball was kind of in Oklahoma State's court about how they were going to handle this. Then when we were... And the producers started figuring out, well, I, you know, Iowa State had its major plane crash in 1985. And, you know, what can you tell us about that? And, and so on and so forth. And with the last, uh, glimpse of daylight at dusk, I was standing out with an ESPN crew on the golf course, or excuse me, on the cross country course, uh, on campus while they were shooting some of the course and the uh, memorial that we had there. Then we run, you know, run back to the game. And uh, so this has been going on all day. Then uh, uh, the game turns out the way that it did. And you got to remember, we were uh, down, I think, 24 to 7. Um, 
and then came back and won that game. And one of the biggest things about that game for Iowa State was, number one, that was a Friday night game. Mm -hmm. There was nothing else on for college football. Mm -hmm. And so lots of people watched that game because it wasn't on Saturday night or Saturday when lots of people, uh, you know, you can choose your game. Everybody saw that game. And I remember I had to get in a car uh, on Monday or Sunday and drive to Terre Haute for the NCAA cross-country championship. (laughs) And I'm walking around there wearing my Iowa State stuff. And all these people, I mean, these are just people. They aren't necessarily football fans. They're at the NCAA cross-country championships. But they all, great game, Iowa State, great game. Way to go, Iowa State, et cetera. And you realize the scope of that victory and why it will remain one of the greatest moments in ISU history. What's the road trip, Tom, that you're happy you don't have to get on a plane or a bus <laughs> anymore and you never have to go, unless you want to, to that godforsaken town again? You can be honest now, right? Um, well, I uh, there's one that I could uh, mention, but I'll just let it ride. <laughs> but I can tell you, I can tell you, in 1990, um, we were going to the Big 8 Outdoor Track and Field Championships in Norman. And uh, I couldn't go with the team because I was announcing the boys' state track meet. So I had to stay until that was over. And so I drove down with a coach, and we're heading down. And in Kansas City, our car, our university car, breaks down. So we get it towed, and while we're on, uh, trying to call people, there's this guy I, on the phone next to me. He's an auctioneer with an Iowa State degree. And I asked him out of the blue, I go, can you take us to the uh, Kansas City Airport? Because then we could rent, rent a, another car. So we did that. So now we're driving late at night because we're way behind. We're talking 1 o'clock in the morning. We, I'm driving along, and uh, all of a sudden, here comes a state trooper. Lights are buzzing. And I'm, uh, I'm like, what? I can't, I don't know what, I'm not speeding. And I pull over and he comes to the door and he says, so did you guys forget to pay for some gas back there? <laughs> well, we had stopped. And when Kevin Burke, uh, who's now the head of the Ames Visitors Convention Bureau, but then was coach for us, when he went in, I thought he paid. And when I went in, <laughs> he thought I paid. So then we drive into El Dorado, Kansas, because I'm, we're so tired now we can't go on. And we go by a place that looks right out of the movie Psycho. <laughs> and we say, well, jokingly, yeah, that's where we're going to stay. So we drive on to the holiday and we go in there. Up, oh, no, we're full. We go to the next place. No, we're full. So we ended up uh, staying at that place which, let me tell you, was a real picker-upper in a million ways. <laughs> and then we got down to the meet, uh, got sunburned beyond all recognition, driving home, and we stopped in Kansas City to pick up the car that was fixed while we were down in, in uh, Norman. And we go about two miles, and it breaks down oh, again. 
Yeah. And uh, you never forget a trip like that. No, that's a memorable one. Last thing, Tom, as we're running out of segment here, I want to go back to 9-11, to 2001. And that was the, I believe, the week the Cyhawk was supposed to take place that week. And, of course, it got moved for the only time uh, into the month of November. The back and forth, should we, shouldn't we play uh, as you think back to that period, because I thought that you know for a couple of days that the game might actually take place on that Saturday, as we know it was postponed. Uh, kind of take us into those conversations. How was it? How close was it to being played on the Saturday that it was scheduled to be? I believe it would have been the fifteenth. Well, uh, on uh, first of all, on late Tuesday, the day of the uh, attack, um, the word kind of got out uh, on the uh, official grapevine that Andrew Card, who was President Bush's chief of staff, had essentially said, we want everything to go on. So initially, we're thinking everything is going to go on. And uh, then the next day, um, there, you know, the initial feels from uh, the governor's office uh, was, uh, yeah, we won't, maybe we'll do some kind of special thing, but we want the game to go on. And we were then in a meeting about all this, and you, you have to remember the first few days after this, the mood of the country yeah. and what we did know and didn't know. And we're in this meeting going over one security thing after another after another. And the late Pete Taylor uh um, one of the best people I ever met, mm-hmm. but he just sits up in this meeting and says, this, this is not going to happen. There's no way we can play this game. There's too many ifs, ors, and buts for us to be able to host. And by the, uh, that evening, the, the mood and the plan had, uh, uh, basically shifted to cancel, to, uh, you know, we can't to postpone. do this. And yeah. So there were just a, sh- just a few like division three schools that right. played. Um, but uh, I'm glad we didn't play it. Tom, it was so the it was right decision. Much going on. Yeah, it was the right decision. Tom, we're out of time. Uh, congrats on a great run. Thank you for